Hi team, this is Robert. I'm the host of this podcast and it's such a, a reluctant pleasure to get back behind this microphone after eating a massive breakfast of banana pancakes and Trader Joe's turkey bacon. But I am back in bed watching a concert performance of churches on YouTube and I realized Robert isn't your podcast today supposed to be about churches on YouTube so even though I'm filled and even though it is Friday and our surreal pandemic summer I am going to take the spirit of Lauren Maybury and her bandmates and give this a proper go. Uh, one quick warning. This episode has no pithy quote, no catchy one-liner, nothing I can repeat profound that's over and over and over a bull. But this is here I am, so I'm just so grateful to receive your grace, and I hope you receive all the love I can muster and my desire that you receive this with such great spirit and such great expectations for the weeks ahead and our opportunity to experience them together. So, buckle up. This is episode nine of New Problems, the spiritual gift of encouragement. I have a pretty privileged life in Christianity. So any problems I experience in Christianity, I'm very lucky to have. But if you'll indulge me, one of my absolute least favorite things about living in the kingdom of God is when the kingdom of God is preached by a guest pastor. Oh, guest pastors are so annoying now part of the reason why i would not want a guest pastor is that i have real problems i am not showing up to church because i have a special someone on the other side of the room or i really like the coffee or i really like the music i actually have real issues and so for me to arrive With my life, a living sacrifice, and then be confronted with a stranger is tough. I need somebody not who cares about where they're preaching, doesn't care about what they're wearing. I need somebody with a clue. And the guest pastor just never takes that seriously. Because ultimately, the guest pastor is so conscious of the OG pastor. And the guest pastor arrives on stage and wants to prove the OG pastor was right for giving them a Sunday. And that's so human. And I have so much grace for that. Unfortunately, I have too much going on inside in my world to really settle and I wish I'd known and I'd just stay home 
that brings us to today, August, the pandemic summer. And if Jesus's last prayer was that the world and his church would be perfectly one, 2,000 years later, Jesus has finally gotten his wish. The global pandemic has ensured that we all are a member of the same church, and it's called YouTube Church. YouTube Church is what the Calvinists would call a common grace. Common grace is just an over-spiritual term that basically just means something good from God that isn't explicitly spiritual. YouTube is a common grace. Whipped jeans would be a common grace. Banana pancakes. Why? Because everything good is from God. YouTube is good from God. YouTube church is just the church we're going to deal with. And we're going to say thank you. The problem is that YouTube church has basically made every pastor a guest pastor. And they are a guest pastor because they don't know the people watching, but they suspect that they're used to watching somebody else. And so there's this pressure to measure up. These last five months, I have seen so many Apple Watches in YouTube church. I've seen so many ripped jeans in YouTube church. I've seen everyone's beard on fleek in YouTube church. I bought a watch during the pandemic because there are so many men of God rocking the best watches. And listen, I may not be getting a word or a prayer or a double dose of the Holy Spirit, but I am getting a lot of minimalist watch recommendations. And at least I'm taking that. Maybe this is my inner narcissist or Enneagram 4 wing 5 talking, but I am just so conscious when I look at someone, especially on a screen, and I see the story that they're trying to tell. Ripped jeans are not a story for me. Apple watches are not a story for me. I'm all for common graces, and I'm all for common graces in your life. This podcast could be called Common Grace. But the point is, this is a movement for black lives in an election year during a global health crisis. We need our common graces to measure up to the sign of the times. Obviously, this is not an easy time. For me, for you, which is fine. This is fair. And I still have the grace of being and having the spiritual gift of encouragement. This is still real. So regardless of all I've been dealing with and all we've discussed on this podcast so far, barrenness, losing years and decades of your life, of irrelevance, the New York Mets, this is just a hell of a time for it not to feel like we can be right together. But we are in this together. And YouTube Church is where we are, and so that's where I am. A few weeks ago, in YouTube Sunday evening service, I'm flipping through the usual suspects. By this point, they're all basically the same story. Two Hillsong songs, announcements, 
graphics, rinse, wash, repeat. It's all fine. I've seen all the shows, all the songs. You could copy-paste one and put it in the other. Everyone's Apple Watch is firing. Everyone can't wait to see us again. All the jokes still don't land because there's no one in the crowd laughing. It's brutal. Let's call it common grace. But it feels brutal. One evening, though, there's a different sort of tune. There's a jangle. A little hep to the step. It wasn't really Hillsong. It was almost Hillbilly Hillsong. Because, indeed it was. It wasn't Hillsong at all. It was actually Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. I could not actually believe what I was hearing. I will wait. I will wait for you. The point is, I'm so unhappy. And I hate guest pastors. And I hate YouTube church. And more than that, I hate Mumford and Sons. This just isn't working for me at all. Now, these are the moments where I really do appreciate my little foray into Buddhist teaching and perspectives. If there was a Buddhist teacher next to me, I would hope that they would say, Robert, let's investigate why this is all bothering you. And let's investigate your feelings without putting a story to it and without judgment. Thanks for asking. I would say that this makes me feel alone. I think it makes me feel that what's important to me is not important to other people. I think what I would say is that I desire an encounter with active supernatural reality in my ordinary life and yet I am sitting in my chair surrounded by empty bottles of pomegranate seltzer and I am listening to Mumford and Sons and that doesn't work for me well said Robert back to the show here's the narrative that I can tell about why I'm feeling I actually just hate Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons are folk music, the musical. It's as if someone read a book, got a tune idea, found a show on Broadway for moms from Idaho. Doesn't work for me. My last straw with Mumford and Sons is that they put out a song called Tompkins Square Park that was supposed to be their rock and roll revival. For Mumford and Sons to leave West Virginia and show up to New York and just to ignore that folk music is popular in America because it was popular in New York City is just what made me just realize these people aren't ready to tell this story. If there is a story worth telling through folk music, they're the absolute worst people. And yet they're so popular. And it's so embarrassing for me. Again, I'm probably overthinking this. And it's probably not that big of a deal. But I'm investigating my feelings without judgment and not putting a story behind it.
I'm so deeply unhappy, but I am so curious. I have to think that this church must be making a broader point, which I absolutely can somewhat agree with because I acknowledge the intuitive spirituality of all beings. And so, of course, is there a point to be made that all music is what we would call divine? Sure. I'm comfortable with that. Yes, God, the holy, the universe, the divine, spirit of life, whatever you want to call her, is present in all things, present in ripped jeans, present in Apple Watches, present in Mumford and Sons. If it's working for you, then it's a gift from God. I'm here for it. Here's the issue. At this point, I am stuck in Revelations 5, and I am not looking for an Apple Watch. I am looking for the person who will open the scroll. At what point does the music of Mumford and Sons reflect a reality of God that will not make me want to eat banana pancakes this afternoon, fall asleep by 7 p.m., and then wake up just to see if I can get one last squeeze of my boys, Gary, Keith, and Ron. I'm just so deeply unhappy. Now I'm so unhappy, I just want to lean into the hate. Does this church do this a lot? Just open with a random secular pop rock song? I go to last week's service. They start to play. And they're doing it. They're singing Fix You by Coldplay. And this is just where I want to dissolve. Fix You by Coldplay? My favorite band? The band that I've had the most powerful, profound, ordinary moments with in my life? The ultimate common grace that I was given when I was 13 and someone burned me copies of The Scientist clocks and in my place onto a CDR? 20 years later, I'm sitting in YouTube church watching a random Hillsong knockoff cover band? play one of the most iconic songs that's meant something to millions of people across the globe just to make a point that progressive spirituality is like authentic spirituality it's too much it's too much for me i can't go on it's playing i'm perplexed it's playing if you're listening to this podcast i'm guessing you understand why fix you matters I would call it the unofficial anthem for intuitive spirituality. It's just a really effective song. People are hurting. I wish I could help. I wish I could try to fix you. The song is constructed in two parts. There's that kind of maudlin, morose, angsty whine and the bombastic release at the end because everything is breaking through the daylight. This band is playing this song pretty straight, which means after the angst, there was the release. And it moved from a shot of their studio they're filming in to these 
outdoor nature shots. And rolling on top of the nature shots are Psalm 103. Psalm 103, I would consider a anchor in Psalms of gratitude. Gratitude is the fix you of virtues. It's basic and it's basically the right answer. If you had to put your thought on spirituality into one word, that's the direction you should go in. Pick gratitude. It is the right answer. Gratitude in Psalm 103 is so foundational that as I'm sitting in my deep disappointment and I'm listening to fix you and reading the verses, I have to get a revelation and think, if I'm honest, this almost really matters. And this is almost kind of working for me. Gratitude is simple. It's a pathway to joy when you realize what's around you is really quite special. If you're ever surrounded by people or places and moments that really aren't landing, it's because you're not sitting with them in a real, authentic, mindful way. Spiritual practice is just an ability to be aware of what's around you. Gratitude is a response to accurately understanding who, what is nearby, and how blessed we are to be near it. The specialness of seeing a Coldplay concert isn't that it's just a concert. It's that you're actually in the room fully. The music, the sound, the people, the sounds, the melody, just the convergence of so much difference into one space unified on a single idea. Fix You isn't special because it's musically genius. Fix You is special because we're all locked into it at the same time. And we all agree and we all say yes. Psalm 103 is the fix you of Psalms. It is the chance to lock in on the reality of what our life is like. And when I saw the song and I hear the music and I read Psalm 103, I realized just how not present all my thinking through the pandemic summer is. Because my mind in this room goes to so many places. And I think about all that's around me. And I think about all that what could be. And I think about all I've lost and who I've lost. And you realize I'm just not present in this room. And so on one Sunday night on YouTube Church, I got 30 seconds to get back into the room. It's funny, one of my absolute amazing moments in life was when I was really broke. It was New Year's Eve Eve. I probably had $200 in the bank and Coldplay were playing in the Barclay Center. I wasn't gonna go. I might be poor, but I'm not reckless and I'm always going to try to make the right decision. But it's me and it's Coldplay and I just did it. I paid $75 to a random guy on Craigslist, was emailed a PDF ticket, and made my way south with 30 minutes to spare. I really showed up with nothing. 
just me, nothing to my name, little to go back to. But I was in the room where it happened. And it's one of these beautiful moments. Sitting by a stranger, I warned beforehand, I am really into this band. And he said, feel free. Those are what I miss by being in the room where it happens. That's why YouTube church isn't really working. It's not because church is just the building, but it's just the building where you can actually lock in to one thought, one person, the Revelation 5 moment that we're all sort of praying for. And yet there's this too. I'm doing okay. In spite of all that's around and all that I've lost, I'm still a man with a lot of common graces. And instead of spending $75 to buy a Coldplay ticket, I literally just sent this church $75 to their online giving page because I've got $75. And the truth is, I love Coldplay and I love that people are trying and nobody knows how to do it right. And it's probably an awful thing to like make music and not know who and what is listening, but it does make an impact. Because everything we share is truly a sacrifice and everything we share is a seed. So for everything that I'm given, it's an opportunity to give it back. And so I just want to read as we close Psalm 103, just the first few verses. And I hope wherever you are, you can just notice what's around you. And remember that where you are is a culmination of so much good and so many gifts and pray that you find opportunities to share. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless its holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not chide or keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor pay us for what we deserve. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward us. Amen. <laughs>